In a world where knowledge is power, listen to industry-leading experts discuss the future of digital currency. Welcome to the Crypto Untangled podcast. Learn the ins and outs of cryptocurrency and blockchain and take your wealth to the next level. Now, here is your host, Dr. Budib. Hello everyone, how are you guys doing? Did you hear anything good today? Well, I will tell you some good news now. Today's Friday. Yeah, everything sounds better, right? The weekend is just behind the next door. So happy Friday everyone, and let's go make some history to tell on Monday. I'm Yonida, and you are listening to Crypto Untangled. During the latest episodes, I have introduced to you a variety of very interesting projects, such as Icon, Acrypchan, Nemedix, we had Ternio, Sensports, and Firo, just to name a few. Each of them represents a unique approach and solution to different problems related to our everyday life. Each of these projects implements and embraces blockchain technology because they truly see what blockchain and crypto industry would bring to our future. Not so many people understand this new era of technology, of advancement, the novelty, and many others are afraid to try even to understand it or to get a look at it, because it simply sounds complicated. So complicated that many people out there don't even dare to be closer to it. Well, everything sounds difficult in this life, right? But once you have the courage to think differently, to take the first step toward the impossible, toward the unknown, everything that yesterday sounded a noise in your ears, once you get to know it, it will be music for you. Personally, I put knowledge and education before anything else. Because by only learning, exploring, thinking out loud and outside the frame, only like that you will be able to walk toward the future towards security and stability. Knowledge gives the answers to so many questions and the solutions to so many problems out there. So yes, embrace knowledge, think differently, be bold. World changes so fast, our life changes so fast. We do not need to be experts to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. We need to be brave, smart, knowledgeable and ask the right questions to the right people. We need to be brave to make the right decisions at the right time. Only like that we'll be able to build a stable, innovative and secure life for us, for our children and for generations that will follow. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems. Wish for more skills. Don't wish for less challenges wish for more wisdom. Success leaves footprints, so now it is the time to start walking using your own feet. In today's episode, I have a special guest, a professor-in-law, an attorney, a brilliant mind and one of the few professional women out there who has a deep knowledge on blockchain, cryptocurrency, fintech and data privacy laws. 
She will give us an insightful overview of blockchain and cryptocurrency regulatory framework and will speak about the new enforcement framework in US, what crypto industry might expect under the new administration, the CEC and how USA regulators are embracing the blockchain innovation, DeFi and its regulatory challenges, and many other interesting topics. I am very happy to present you exclusively from Chicago for Crypto Untangled. I have here with me a junk professor, Orta Andoni. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for being in part of the show and for accepting the invitation. Really, it's... I appreciate being here and thank you so much for having me, of course. So I have an interesting question to start with. Finally, the U.S. elections are over, but a new administration is coming. So what do you think? How do we will see the crypto industry under this new administration? administration yeah uh, i think that's a very good question and i expect everyone to sort of ask this question and we have been through a very interesting election here in the united states as you may very well know and this election is not over yet okay. uh, and i do expect some changes and i'm not talking only in regards to the administration but when you are having a switch from a conservative administration to a liberal administration of course liberal administrations are more associated or they do see markets more as being government regulated so i expect to see a little bit more government regulation and more enforcement as well and i think that regulatory aspect is going to be more strict compared to the current administration and of course that is going to be applicable to the crypto industry while conservatives usually believe more in freer markets and less regulated markets mm -hmm. so of course that is going to be a little bit different with this new administration but i expect this administration to consider not very extreme policies as well because i'm sure that they understand how important it is to embrace and to be at the upfront when it comes to the technology innovation so of course they are going to be i mean very much aware of it i did hear that biden uh, or i was reading that biden is ready to tap gary gensler and i have the utmost respect for him he's a very well-known wall street enforcer and if he were to to join Biden administration definitely is going to be very good for this administration. Personally, I'm a big fan of Hester Peirce and she's a SEC commissioner right now. She's done a lot for crypto space and not only she's done a lot, but she has been very proactive and she has brought like this new approach when it comes like to introduce like new reformers, etc. Et in this industry. So I was hoping that she would be still in this administration, but I doubt that because I do not expect her to be the next chairman. Jay Clayton, our chairman, has done a great job also for our industry, but I expect him to resign. So definitely that is going to be quite a change for this administration. I think at the end of the day, what is very important right now is that for these regulators, and I always emphasize this, it all comes to education and to approach them, to reach out to them. Like, I think education is very important, meaning to update them on what you're doing as attorneys, what this space needs, what kind of legislation, or I know that there are some bills already that are 
represent they're already represented introduced but i do not expect any of them to be passed soon especially with these changes with the new administration hopefully that happens but majority of these bills of course we're just looking for more clarity especially in securities law here in the united states and as i said definitely we're going to see some changes but hopefully not extreme changes and hopefully something that supports this industry because we have done so much so far so hopefully the new administration is going to embrace that what about the crypto adoption where does uh, it stand now and how the u.s regulators are working on it or maybe or to stabilize it or really to increase the adoption of crypto into the u.s market 2020 personally i think has been a great year for crypto and I think it's been an interesting year as well because crypto usually crypto assets or crypto industry we, we see like a highs and lows during all year but I think now we are especially at that phase that we cannot crypto cannot go ignored anymore because I don't know if you saw like what Square did they purchased around like 50 million in bitcoins because of course they do see potential in this industry and I think this was part of their financial investment because they have done like other investments previously in cryptos, but this was right. part of their investment. You saw, of course, what the PayPal that they announced just recently, I think it was October, a couple of weeks ago, that they received a conditional uh, bid license from the New York State Department of, of Financial Services, the DFS, and they are allowed to list four cryptocurrencies. I think it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, like uh, Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin. All of this are actually on the DFS green list, as we call it, and they are going to be available to PayPal customers. Now, when it comes to crypto adoption, of course, this is a very good step for crypto because, uh, I mean, PayPal, you know how many users PayPal has. And Venmo as well is part of PayPal, and you have so many millennials that use Venmo. So I do see that this is good for crypto adoption, but at the end of the day, what people at least is doing right now is that pretty much all customer to merchant transactions, they are yeah. going to be settled in fiat, which kind of, in my opinion, weakens, it kind of makes the argument uh, that PayPal's new services are making this contribution toward cryptocurrency mainstream adop adoption a little bit more weaker. But I do see a lot of potential. And when it comes to regulatory space, I think this has been a very interesting year. I, I wish we had time to mention all the uh, enforcement actions and uh, everything that has happened from beginning of 2020. The 2020 actually began, if I remember correctly, the biggest news was the introduction of new restrictions as the US Treasury said that the office at the time intended to introduce stricter rules regarding digital currencies to prevent all sorts of suspicious transactions. So I think that was a good move. And then we had later on the office of the controller of the currency, the OCC, that made this decision, I think was over summertime, letting all banks to provide custody of crypto. And now definitely we're seeing more interest from banks that are apparently working more with big crypto custodians. But I always have this challenge or this question, because when banks are introduced, you expect the government to be a little bit more involved. 
involved. And when the government becomes a little bit more involved, then you're going to see a little bit more regulation. So at the end of the day, I, again, this is, and when with regulation comes censorship as well. So at the end of the day, I hope we're going to see a balance when it comes to regulatory aspect and also kind of making this industry to advance. We did see actions from SEC recently. One of the actions, I don't know if you read about this, was against Larry Herman. He was the founder and the operator of Helix and Coin Ninja, if I'm not mistaken. And this, I think, was a Bitcoin mixer. And he advertised services in different bases of the internet. Uh, and of course, the charges were related to criminal investigations, in, indictment, etc. My point is that we have seen many actions from the SEC, many actions from CFTC as well. Uh, the other action was against famous John McAfee. Actually, there was a double action because it was from the DOJ, Department of Justice, and the SEC. So I think that when it comes to the regulatory and enforcement, because this goes back to the enforcement, we're seeing a lot of movements here in the United States. And definitely because the United States is a hub of cryptocurrencies. And I think even though sometimes other countries usually sort of accuse us for being behind, but in a certain way that they look after us, they look at what we're doing. The only challenge or issue that I see here in the United States is that here we have state laws and we have federal laws. So laws uh, that are governing crypto from state to state and federal authorities, they try to regulate and do the interpretation of these laws differently. So maybe that's the challenge that we're facing right now. And the more clarity we have here in the United States, I'm sure that that is going to help the U.S. crypto industry to be one step further and also create safer space for investors and create a safer space for all businesses that operate in the sector. Thank you, Olga. You have written many papers, but one caught my attention was one paper that you authored with uh, Diana Rado. Donna. 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 Yes, Donna. Uh, she's a great professor. She also teaches in the area of blockchain. And yeah, I have I've written two articles actually with her. So and one, I, yeah, one coffee was in CoinDesk and it's about DeFi, decentralized finance. It's really got many, many positive reviews. And I prepared something about it, some questions, small questions. So maybe you can clarify it and then can explain to us in a better way. So what was written on the paper that you compare DeFi as an ICO boom or as an experimental game? And the paper was saying that tokens in the DeFi are appearing daily and the explosion of tokens is leading to a distortion of purpose and investors are getting burned as projects implode. What does that mean? Like the challenges, the, challenges, the regulatory challenges that DeFi has? How difficult uh, it is to understand it. DeFi has many regulatory challenges, and I'm sure that the regulators are more the same pace sort of with us attorneys that there are some challenges in this space when it comes to the regulation. And I'm sure, again, we're going to see more and more, not only clarity, but the more DeFi projects, the valuable ones, meaning because we have seen some 
DeFi projects that really they were like booming and they were just disappearing overnight. And they hopefully they're not going to be like a mirror of the DeFi space. In my perspective, DeFi is a great phenomenon. And of course, we did see this hype, I think, summer of this year. And even right now in United States, they are still, uh, we're still seeing a lot of more projects on DeFi. The challenges that we have with DeFi, and especially with this article with Professor Adele, we tried to raise some awareness considering, especially when it came how to regulate this space, because we wanted just to emphasize like one way to regulate probably would be via self-regulations. And we are not the only professors uh, or attorneys uh, sort of uh, mentioning this. We have seen this even from the regulators. It, uh, because I think right now the focus is shifting more on uh, from that securities regulation to the issuer or the Howey test, which is a very well-known test here in the United States for uh, in securities law that we saw during, that was prevalent during the ICO days. My point is that in this article was good to emphasize that regulators are not going to allow for these projects to just, as I said, bloom and die within 24 hours. Definitely, there were a lot of regulatory issues, and especially right now, we're seeing a lot of more DeFi hacks. And I was reading this article this morning, emphasizing that we see a decline in crypto crimes, but we are seeing a growth in number when it comes to the hacking incidents in DeFi. I think the biggest issue with DeFi is also DeFi is just as blockchain and blockchain in itself has many issues when it comes to liquidity and scalability. And of course, I mean, regulatory challenge when it comes to DeFi. My point is that for DeFi to be or to see those projects that are going to be valuable in the space, definitely they have to consider the regulatory challenges that they may have to face. And if they were just experimental, as we call them, and if they call themselves experimental, I don't think that is a good way for them to be allowed to not follow that compliance or a regulatory track that normal DeFi projects should follow. And the other thing that I see a lot in the DeFi space that especially I have many clients who cannot distinguish between the compliance and the enforcement. So these are two different aspects when it comes to DeFi projects. And I try to be very clear with my clients, at least what I mean, enforcement or how can enforcement impact that and what is compliance as applicable to their projects. I do believe though, I do believe in DeFi technologies, IT technologies definitely have the power to impact every single industry. And I'm looking forward to see more how they're going to apply to finance world. I'm very optimistic about DeFi, but definitely for DeFi projects to be successful, they need to embrace more modern ideals. They have to be more fun, more user-friendly, and also they have to follow the main blockchain principles or foundational values, as we call it, permissionless, transparency, etc. And what about the new regulatory framework for the cryptocurrency? It was released recently by the Department of Justice. Have you had a chance maybe to review it? And if yes, maybe you can 
cite some of yeah. the most major updates and then how they can affect the cryptocurrency enforcement? That's a great question because I, you're talking about the Department of Justice framework that was released, I think, a couple of weeks ago, last month, if I'm not mistaken. It's a very important document. And I would advise every attorney, not only here in the United States, but even international attorneys, to pay attention to this document. It's a very important document. I know it's a very lengthy document. It's like an 83-page document, if I'm not mistaken. But it's very worth a read because I think our message or the message from our regulator from department of justice is that this is going to be applicable to the exchanges regardless of where these exchanges are right and this document includes three parts and i think it's important especially to emphasize the first part of the document where they include the or where they describe the three categories including the illicit or legitimate uses of the cryptocurrencies and then they also mention i think three uh, illicit uses including uh, financial transactions including money laundering shielding of crimes in support of terrorism i think they also include the direct commission of crimes such as theft and fraud that Im uh, implicate of course cryptocurrency market that's why i think it's important as a framework to be read very carefully and I think like this framework also gives like the ways how Department of Justice is going to enforce or the path that they are going to follow when it comes to, and of course, in collaboration with other U.S. agencies in order to respond to this illicit activity that they may see in the crypto space. A few weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, I read a paper that SEC, the U.S. Security Exchange Commission, they raised the, um, the limit from $1 million to $5 million. Yes. Right? Yes. What uh, do you think is this move? Maybe they are now finally, the U.S. regulators are embracing the adoption of crypto blockchain. What do you think? I think like that was a great move. So pretty much the United States and Securities and Exchange Commission here, they raised the limit. And this was the regulation on the crowdfunding offerings. So previously was 1.07 million. So right now is 5 million. I think like this is a great effort from our SEC to support our entrepreneurs, to support the emerging businesses here in the United States, to expand their investment opportunities, their investment capabilities, because previously only the big companies, not the small companies, were able to raise. And at least right now, they do not need to register with this SEC. And I think like this is, again, very important for those companies to have access to capital. And of course, because for smaller companies has always been very, very hard to raise capital. So now this is going to attract more companies coming in the space to crowdfunding opportunities. And I think that probably even the quality of the shoes is going to be better, uh, in my opinion. 
when you have the potential to raise up to 5 million, of course. And in order to consider, instead of considering just one form of fundraising, at least now they, this in companies, they cannot just put, as we call it, all their eggs in the same basket. So they have this other potential. And I think it's going to be very beneficial, especially to small companies. And they're, they're can, now they're able to raise like a full series A funding round. And what about the digital currency now? Like so many countries are too much. They are trying to like to create it, to test it, adapt it. There's in Europe, there's Japan, China. And now, especially, how do you see the, the war, the metaphoric? <laughs> I'm talking metaphoric way now between the U.S. and China in this digital currency war. How is it? How do you see it? Especially for me, I have lectured in China several times you see that sort of mindset that is there or and especially when you try to compare both countries and the way how advanced one country is i mean versus the other one definitely there is a little bit of war there personally i think that we are we in united states we are moving faster right now, especially when it comes to the regulation, as I said, on the regulatory side, especially during this year, I've been way more optimistic, I have to say that. But I do see that China has always defeated USA when it comes to the technology side. And I still see that happening. I do not see China being left behind when it comes to the technology side. And the idea is that China actually, by the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to launch their digital currency electronic payment. And definitely that is going to put them a little bit more ahead of us. But what concerns me right now is mostly that we do see this tensions, these growing tensions between both countries, and especially the tendency for China to internationalize the Wuhan, okay. I mean, the currency. And uh, of course, they want to reduce its, its dependence on global dollar payment system. So will Yuan, who, uh, their currency, be able to reach that? I'm not sure, but I think like they're putting all the efforts toward that, that movement. And in our country, I think if we want to win this war, I think that we have to concentrate on regulation, definitely. For example, we have to create more clarity uh, when it comes to our stance on securities laws, on uh, trans money transmission regulations, and for allowing this cryptocurrency startups to be, of course, to have this clarity and also to encourage the banks to be able to start servicing this industry. But again, as I mentioned previously, that comes with the downside that when you have the banks servicing this industry, then you're going to see some more impact from the government as well. Thank you, Olga. Is there anything else? I know that uh, regulatory of blockchain and cryptocurrency it covers a wide range. So maybe if there's anything else, any recent updates that you'd like to share with the audience? 
I'm very interested to see how this is going to translate, as I said, with the new administration, because the more enforcement actions that we see in, in this industry, the more those enforcement actions are going to clear the space to make the space that is more safe for investors, for participants, for businesses to be here. And at the same time, I hope that with this new administration, we're going to see a little bit more understanding of, of communication between the regulators. Right now, I was just listening to uh, another podcast this morning, and it's interesting to see that SEC and the C CFTC, usually, of course, they are not on the same page, but they are apparently, I mean, every agency kind of complains that the other agency doesn't want to collaborate with the other. So hopefully, hopefully, we're going to see more collaboration between both these agencies because that is going to be very helpful to the crypto industry. We as attorneys, we work with regulators, we reach out to them, we look up to them as well, but at the same time, we try to give our ideas and to help them understand the space. And uh, as I said, that's why, as always, I've been a big supporter of Hester First because she has that forward thinking. And uh, I think that she has introduced a lot of new ideas uh, like the safe harbor. Safe harbor, uh, of course, I have my critiques and there was another article that I wrote. Okay. Exactly. So we had our critiques for Safe Harbor sort of project, but definitely there was at least a good step toward providing a little bit more clarity, a little bit more support to the crypto industry. So hopefully we see a little bit more collaboration between the regulators here in the United States and um, definitely provide more clarity and put uh, United States ahead other countries. I just like when people say, like I just heard that Ripple, for example, they are moving to Dubai. Yeah. Uh, of course, I, I mean, is expected, but at the same time, we just should not let these businesses to move out of our country. So we have to do better. We have to provide a little bit more, even though Ripple may have other issues, regulatory issues, that's why they're moving out of United States. Yes. I think that's one of the main reasons, but definitely it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen next year. Alta, thank you very much. It has been a very informative, insightful conversation. I enjoyed it personally, and I'm pretty sure that whomever will listen will enjoy it. If there is anything else that you want to cover up? I'm an attorney. I'm a professor as well. They can reach me at slatkinwong.com or Ulta at slatkinwong.com. I'm also an adjunct professor at Chicago Kent College of Law. And I am very active on Twitter at Andoni Ulta. And I'm a very vocal about the space and about the issues that we face in this space. Thank you, Alta. So I wish you all the best. And I hope that we will have a chance to have you in another time in the show. Maybe we can discuss on another topic or maybe when there it is a, an update or so, maybe you can uh, tell us and inform us about that. Thank you. It will be super, very nice to have you back. Thanks so much. Thank you, Alta. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. So we just had Professor Alta Andoni 
an expert and lawyer, an educator at heart who thrives to share her knowledge with others. She gave us an interesting overview of the new US regulatory framework and how these enforcement and regulations will affect the blockchain and cryptocurrency industry. Olka advised us and everyone out there to embrace knowledge and the innovative spirit of fintech, of blockchain and crypto industry as one of the solutions for a better and secure life. She sees a growing interest of companies, of many businesses, even startups in the blockchain adoption. This is a very good sign that more and more people are understanding the benefits of this advanced space of technology. More banks and financial institutions are focusing to the blockchain and crypto industry, which means that more the governments will try to take control of the crypto, which might bring more censorship. At this point, she raises a concern and advises that in order to allow this industry to advance and flourish, government and banks should balance their control and find a middle way. For more updates on blockchain and cryptocurrency regulations, as well as more information on fintech, IP, data privacy, financial market and other legal conduct, follow Olta on Twitter at Andoni Olta and on LinkedIn by simply searching her name Olta Andoni. So dear crypto world, Thank you for being with me today and hope you have enjoyed this 15th episode of Crypto Untangled. Our program is already available on Google Podcasts, on Spotify and Apple iTunes, so you just need to click follow and you can listen to Crypto Untangled from anywhere and everywhere. This program is brought by you exclusively by Crypto News Lebanon, a media website aiming to spread knowledge, information and news about all the ins and out about adaptation of blockchain and crypto market into the MENA region and worldwide. So if you are interested to hear more about the latest news and updates, please go to CryptoNewsLebanon.com. Thank you again, guys. Until the next episode, take good care of yourself, stay positive, embrace knowledge, and remember, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. So, do not wait. The time will never be just right. Start where you stand and work whatever tools you may have at your command and better tools will be found as you go along. Till the next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Crypto Untangled. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information, visit us at CryptonNewsLebanon.com. We'll see you soon. We'll see you soon.